0: Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. Um, so, uh, 21 days, you know, for me, it generally starts out, I feel like it's not too bad. It, you know, I think somebody shared the other day, um, in our, in our family group, it's kind of like the, the hardest part is the first half for them. For me, the hardest part is the second half, because I feel like, man, there's been um, I, I get tired of, of abstaining from certain foods. <laughs> you know, I can, I can taste certain things. I, I desire it like I have to be, you know, like going into All In Coffee Shop to me is like, I mean, there's this Temptation Island, man. I mean, it's, it's going in there. I'm like to see Vernon cinnamon rolls right in there. You know, it's like Satan himself is calling to me, right? Um, imagine what? Oh, my goodness. No kidding, huh? <laughs> Um, so hopefully, uh, again, as we, as we think about this, as we think of 21 days, setting those aside. Um, remember, we talked last week, we just really defined what does it mean to worship? Okay, I hope this resonates with us over and over again, because what, what ends up happening, as we talked about last week, is that we want worship to be a little bit of just what we want it to be. Like this is a very individualistic thing in our society, which is, well, to me, worship is this. And to me, worship is that. And to me, worship is this. And if we're going to be together and if we're going to be unified walking through this, we have to lay all that down and ask God, God, what's your definition of worship? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, this is part of the surrender of worship. Part of this surrender is going, what do you say it is? Not what I said, not what I'm saying it is but God, what do you say? And there's a very simple couple of thoughts, okay? One is simply means to bow down, all right? To to just bow down, to bow down to the king, all right? And there's a lot that comes with that, right? When we bow down, well, why are we doing that? We're surrendering. We're, We're telling God, this is your game, not mine. You, you, you use me how you want me to be used, all right? I'm giving up. This is submission and surrender and obedience, all right? And here's what I, I fear and I hope that we can be a people that go out and spread this is that I fear that over time we've convinced ourselves that obedience isn't really worship. That worship has more to do with singing, okay? And singing is great, okay? And we need it. And God, there's a whole book of the Bible that has songs in it. And we want to do it with all of our hearts. But we don't want to be fooled, though, either into thinking that that is all worship is, okay? Here's the deal is our singing will be be even better when we're worshiping God if that makes sense, okay? It's not vice versa. It's not, okay, if I can get the right song, then I'll be worshiping. It's like, no, 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 let me worship first, and then that song is gonna just be awesome. And it doesn't matter. You may like hymns, and you hate that, you know, newfangled Christian contemporary music, you know, or you may like the new stuff, and you can't stand, all the old hymns, you know, or so. But but listen, when we're worshiping God, here's what I'm almost positive about. And if I'm wrong, I'll be happy to admit this in heaven, okay? I don't think there's going to be any, like, arguing over what the people sing in heaven. I really don't, okay? Can you imagine that happening? Could you imagine going up there and you're like, the angels are still singing that dumb old song? I mean, don't they even know how to use a whatever, you know, where's... I don't think that's going to happen at all. I think just all of us, and and it's not that we sing to worship, right, right? We're singing because we worship. Mm, that's right. Okay, and so hopefully that cement really sinks deeply down into us because I tell you what, man, powerful things happen to people worshiping God. Okay, and so we're taking this time. Turn over to Acts chapter 13, okay, and this is hopefully um, something that is encouraging, exciting. Um, hopefully this is um, a, a section you can go back to. Um, throughout these next few weeks. I love this section right here, Acts 13, verse 1. Um, as, as Luke is writing here, the book of Acts, he says, In the church that was at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius the Cyrenian, Menaean, a close friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, Man, I'll tell you what, you just stop there with that list. That's a pretty impressive list, okay? Especially one name, the close friend of Herod the Tetrarch, okay? And you're going, why is that a big deal? Go and read about Herod the Tetrarch, okay? His close buddy was a disciple. That's pretty impressive. But anyway, verse 2, as they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work I have called them to. Then after they had fasted, prayed, and laid hands on them, they sent them off. Some of your version up there in verse 2 as they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. Some of your versions say ministering the Lord and fasting. And you're going, how do those two things have the same kind of connection with that word? Okay, here's where I'll tell you. Remember Romans 12, verse 2, right, where he's talking about your spiritual act of worship is when we go and lay ourselves down at the altar. The sacrifice that, that is us, that that is our spiritual act of worship. That, that word, worship, is actually like Levitical services, okay? So like in the Old Testament, the service you would give to God would be the sacrifice of an animal. They're saying, no, that's us now. That's our spiritual act of worship. So they came together, and essentially what they're doing is, is we are laying our lives down we're worshiping God, and we're fasting together. And what I love about this is he says, as they were doing this, the Holy Spirit said. All right, just stop for one second. The Holy Spirit said, as they were worshiping, right, as they were fasting, the Holy Spirit said. And what we have coming off of this that's so exciting is this right here is the beginning of the expansion of Christianity through, at that time, you know the, the Mediterranean world. Paul goes out and Barnabas goes out and we see this happening. But that couldn't have been done because uh, some guys had a staff meeting about it, right? I mean, it couldn't have been done because of that. You're talking about a group of people doing this. And so I hope your expectations and my expectations, I hope we can come together um, to know that, man, this is a powerful time. It really, really is, okay? This is a powerful time to come together to fast and to pray, to worship, to bow down, to remember. You, you know, here's the great thing about 21 days is there are some things that I need, and it takes more than just a day of fasting. All right, there are some things that fasting does, okay? Because when you start talking about um, abstaining from something, even when it's partially Okay, when it's like, okay, this food and this food and this food. And and, and some of you already thought that. You're like, well, it's not really a fast. It's not really that because there's just like this partial things I'm giving up. But here's the truth of the matter is, is you've given up something that I think we acknowledge has a certain control over us. All right, there's a certain comfort that may come from it. There, there's a certain, maybe even recreation that comes from it. It's, we're, we're, we're saying, okay, there's going to be something that I say no to, and there's a part of your brain, we've got to strengthen that part of our brain, the no muscles, those are good things, okay? Because it's too easy to go, I don't like that word, no. I don't like that word, I just want it to feel good and to be happy and all of that kind of stuff. And, then, and, and we learn oftentimes, no, no, all right? And so uh, we're abstaining from this right here. And here's one of the things that I know of for me and I'd love for you to examine in you is how stubborn are you? (laughs) I really think about that because... um, Stubbornness is something that we have to help one another with, right? We're on the same page with stubbornness. Is, man, it, you know, there's all kinds of different maybe uh, stimulus when it, when it comes to this, but it's that idea of, uh-uh, no way, buddy. I'm digging my heels in. It doesn't matter. It can be, there can be certain people, because they say it, you're not going to change, right? There can be certain situations, because they're in a certain situation. I refuse to do that. All right. And it's interesting because here's where, um, here's where fasting can come in. All right. Um, fasting is, is one of these things. Turn over to 2 Corinthians 10. Actually, we're going to read this. Um, Fasting is this idea of we're, we're, we're putting ourselves in this vulnerable position. We're putting ourselves in this situation of abstaining. We're putting ourselves in a situation of saying no to something. We're, we're setting time aside. and hopefully um, we're able to dig in to understand God more, to, to hunger more for God, to feed on Him, right? Second Corinthians 10. In verse 1, Paul says, Now I, Paul, make a personal appeal to you by the gentleness and graciousness of Christ, I who am humble among you in person, but bold when I'm absent. I beg you that when I'm present, I will not need to be bold with the confidence by which I plan to challenge certain people who think we are behaving in an unspiritual way. For though we live in the body, we don't wage war in an unspiritual way. Since Since the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every high-minded thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, taking every thought captive to obey Christ. And we are ready to punish any disobedience once your obedience has been confirmed, okay? As we're hopefully digging into this world where it's like, you wanna know, we're not fighting with a weapon of the world, right? There's this weapon this waging war in this spiritual way uh, that are powerful for demolishing strongholds and arguments and high-minded things, okay? It's, there's no worldly weapon that can help us with that, all right? We are, we are truly digging into this area, and so I think there's this side of me and you and probably, probably all of us here of a stubbornness that can just be a stronghold. Like we can spend the majority of the year coming to church and and, and striving to follow Jesus and praying and trying to do all of these things. And there might be just this one area where we're like, no, I won't change that. I won't. There may be even a stubbornness to to defining the word worship. You might be sitting there going, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. I don't care. You can show me all the scriptures in the world. I, I'm I got my definition of worship. I have my definition of discipleship. I have my definition of unity. I have my definition of sin and repentance. All right? And there's this stubbornness. Let's read a section right here about this Jeremiah 7. Um, there's this stubbornness that can almost be a little bit of a, like a little cute friend that we have. Right? You're like, who does stubbornness hurt? doesn't hurt anybody. It's a big deal, right? I mean, it's almost like, you know, there's a side of it of, you know, if you were to go, what's worse, to be stubborn or to murder somebody? We'd go, well, dude, there's no question. I, I would say, well, consequentially, there is no question, okay? Yes, the consequences of murdering somebody, but here's what I'm saying is, is, is being stubborn can keep us from Jesus the same way of going out and hating and killing and all of these things. It will be a barrier for me and you. It will be a stronghold. In Jeremiah 7, um, verse 21, okay, so Jeremiah's writing this. God is giving him this word. Verse 21, he says, uh, this is what the Lord of hosts The God of Israel says, "'Add your burnt offerings to your other sacrifices "'and eat the meat yourself. "'For when I brought your ancestors out of the land of Egypt, "'I did not speak with them or command them "'concerning burnt offerings and sacrifice. "'However, I did give them this command, "'Obey me, and then I will be your God, "'and you will be my people. "'You must follow every way I command you "'so that it may go well with you that they didn't listen.'" They didn't pay attention, but followed their own advice. And according to their own stubborn, evil heart, they went backward and not forward. Since the day of your ancestors, since the day your ancestors came out of the land of Egypt until this day, I've sent all my servants, the prophets to you time and time again. However, they wouldn't listen to me or pay attention, but became obstinate or stiff-necked. They did more evil even than their ancestors all right. You see, stubbornness, man, that is like that root that leads to so many things. I want you to think for a second about your own stubbornness. I want you to just kind of go through, you know, what, what is that? You know you better than anybody, all right? This is something I'm going to ask you to take some time on this week. And because this is really one of those things, I hope God demolishes this in us. I hope he demolishes it in us. Is a sinful stubbornness of, 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 I will hear the word of God and obey it only when it comes exactly the way I want it. Only when it comes exactly through the person I want it. Only when it comes exactly in the time I want it. Only when it comes exactly in, in all of these ways and going, hold on a minute, let's stop being stubborn. You know what stubbornness comes out at sometimes are those things that you know you ought to do And you haven't done them. Like, you know. And part of it isn't even like, some of you, it might even be just having a quiet time in the morning. And it's not even waking up early that bothers you. It's the fact that somebody else suggested it. I mean, that's the thing is there's this this stubbornness. and, And these words resonate with me. They went backward, not forward. That's what stubbornness will do. We'll go backward. All right. We'll regress spiritually. All right. And then putting all of these things together, you know, what ends up happening a lot of times is when we start regressing spiritually. Remember, we we're at Ecclesiastes five about don't be hasty. A lot of time when we're regressing spiritually, you want to know the first thing we start doing talking because we don't want anyone else to know we start talking spiritually and we start talking and, and just try. We don't want anyone to know we're reverting. We're going back. So I better say a lot of things. So you think I'm doing okay. All right, so hopefully this is a stronghold that gets demolished, right? Um, turn over to First Corinthians chapter 6. I want you to think about this a little bit. What are those strongholds that you have, that you've had? You know, as we fast for the next 21 days as we worship the king, we have to remember the king is about breaking strongholds. The king is about breaking strongholds. And so what is the stronghold in your life? 1 Corinthians 6, in verse 12, everything is permissible for me. That's a good one, isn't it? Everything's permissible. And let's go home now. Because everything's permissible. You're like, see, Keith, I like that already. I like the word of God. I'm less stubborn already. Okay, I'll fully accept that. Everything is permissible. But not everything is helpful. Everything is permissible for me. And, and by the way, there's quotation marks here. This isn't Paul going, yeah, everything's. He's saying, no, y'all are saying that. <laughs> the people are saying, hey, everything's permissible. He's like, okay, well, let's talk about this here. Uh, he says, everything is permissible for me, but I will not be brought under the control of anything. I will not be brought under the control of anything. Okay. When it comes to fasting, when it comes to reclaiming our time, you want to know what's interesting is, is you start pulling at those things that have control over me and you. Right? If you're going, man, you want to know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not eating, uh, you know, um, Whatever you've chosen—meats, sweets—you're doing the Daniel fast. You're doing, you know, sun up to sundown. You're doing all these things. Um, what we're going to learn is, is that there are things that have control over me and you. There are those things that still control our. Uh, when I say control, we obey them. We obey them when it comes to our attitude and how we treat one another, and if I'm even going to share or serve with somebody else. Okay, there are these. There are these strongholds. And this wording that Paul gives right here, I will not be brought under the control of anything. I won't let anything master me, right? Why? Because we want to worship the king. That's, that, ultimately, that's our deepest desire, is how do we worship the king? Unfortunately, I bet you if you paint a picture of our lives um, all together, we, we might be getting very close, if not all the way, bowing down to a number of different things bowing down to to the world and what the world says is okay, bowing down to what the world says about relationships, bowing down to what the world says about sexuality, bowing down to all of these things and trying to worship everything because that's the way everybody will like me at that point instead of going, hold on a minute. What our goal is is to be face down in front of Jesus. It's, It's your way over and over and over again. Remember last week we talked about that passage when Jesus was praying in the garden and it was that simple verse your will not my will What you want not what i want all right and that means in every way like we've talked about before and i hope you're challenging yourself on when it comes to jobs and when it comes to just even even thinking about you know places where i'm going to go live is that i want to be in a place that god is going to go that's exactly where i want you to go and minister that's there are people around you that i want you right there in that place all right Less about man where can we find a place or where can we go that man that one house that we saw on beachfront bargain hunt man I mean that was great that's the coolest house and if I can find the right house that has the right you know stove and the right thing and that tv was in the right place and all that kind of stuff I'm going okay well hey we're bowing down to the world instead of going hold up a minute we want to bow down to the king what does he want how does he want this All right. And so there's this idea of as we go through this, hopefully, we're expecting strongholds to be broken, okay? Is your stronghold sexuality, pornography? What's being hidden, okay? Because that's part of this bowing down, is this idea of let me get everything into the light. Because that changes everything in how we worship, that changes everything when we come to the king. And we're going, hold on a minute, you you are this king, and, and I love this part in Isaiah chapter 40. Have you ever, some of you will remember this, it said, you know, the king is the guy who measures the waters of the earth in the hollow of his hand. I love that because it's like, how many times, I can keep going back to that and going, yes, I needed that because that's how big you are, and I'm not going to bow down to the world anymore, and I'm going to say no, and I'm not going to buy into this idea that I can't follow you, worship you, and have you break a stronghold, okay? But it's this idea of how big God is. He said he lifts all of the dust of the world, all of the dirt, just like a bucket, like a bucket of dirt, all right? And, and just those kind of things. I know we can come up with all kinds of different analogies, like go home and pick up a bucket of dirt and see how heavy that is. Of course it's heavy, right? But it's that idea of, do we see God that big? They were going, man, you could take all the dirt everywhere, all the sand, all the dust, everything, and God is just like, there's not, nothing. All the water, there's the water right there of the entire world. You know, somebody told me the other day, in a normal summer day in Lake Hartwell, Okay, and a normal summer day, that 100 million gallons evaporates a day. That's a lot of water. <laughs> that's just le- It's like the lake, little lake out here, right? And go, that's, that's a lot of water that just goes. And you want to know what? That is a just minuscule amount in terms of the water and the whole planet. I mean, when you're talking about depth and breadth, you're talking about, man, there's a lot of water out there. And we have this powerful God, okay? We won't be mastered by anything. Here's the thing is, is I think what masters us most is, is us. <laughs> All right? It, it's us. Here's the truth of the matter. If you're sitting here, you should be mad at someone, you. There's one person I should be mad at, me. Okay? Here's what happens far too often. We get mad at everyone else, and we want everybody else to, we we have excuses, because somebody did this, and somebody did that, and all that kind of stuff. And here's the thing, you know, my biggest problem is me. It is. My biggest problem is me. I choose the sin in my life. I choose how I treat people. I choose choose to worship God, or to go, nah, I'm going to be stubborn. Okay, you want to know when I'm stubborn? I'm going to reap the consequences of that. And I think... Oftentimes, we're like, man, we're off limits to that, okay? I'm not talking about hating yourself, okay? I'm not talking about, like, you know, belittling yourself. I'm going, man, we should be sick and tired of getting in our own way, right? It's not somebody else that got in my way. It's me getting in my own way, okay? First Corinthians 9, I'll bring this up because, man, buddy, I'm telling you, this right here. So... When, when we're stubborn or when we're challenged, especially when ourselves are challenged, okay, there oftentimes is a predominant feeling that goes into that, Right? We go on full frontal, full frontal what? Full frontal defense, all right? H- have you ever done that? Do you understand what I'm saying is, is like, you're being attacked, and by golly, you were gonna go, and you were gonna put the fortress up, and no one's going to get in there. Have you ever done that in a way where afterwards you're like, they were right? (laughs) Like afterwards, you're like, man, they were right. Yeah, that is me. All right. We just experience the fight when our kingdom is being exposed when our self is being exposed, this idea of, you ever made excuses like that? Like, you just, you just make excuses so you don't have to listen to anyone. You don't have to listen to God. Well, that's not what God meant. Doesn't God want me to have a good time? Doesn't God want me to do those things? Okay, is there's this kingdom of us that we're bowing down to, and there's this feeling, and I don't know, everybody's might be a little different. Mine can be really, really, really strong to defend myself okay and i want to i want to read this section because this is where the rubber meets the road okay when i read this when i read paul writing this he says in verse 19 although i'm a free man and not anyone slave i have made myself a slave to everyone in order to win more people every disciple likes this verse okay you, you read it, you're like dude that's awesome paul man what a warrior okay when i look at this and i go i want to know what that means though I want to know what he's talking about there, because it sounds great. It's neat. Maybe you can send it over Instagram, and we all can feel really great about ourselves that we're using that verse, okay? But but when I start looking at this and going, hold on a minute, you mean Paul said, I have made myself a slave to everyone? You mean everyone should come ahead of me? Let, let that simmer right there for a second, okay? Everyone? I don't trust you with that, Jesus. I don't trust you at all because I've got to take care of me. That's the gospel of today. I, I, I better take care of me. OK, and so what goes through my mind when I hear that is, but I've got to have time to like recoup and I've got to have time to get my feet underneath me. And I've got to have time to like refuel the tank and I have to have time to do all these things. And all of those are true, but it's a big old smoke screen. <laughs> That's all it is. It's a big old smoke screen for me not to have to be this way. Okay, it's the smokescreen to go. No, no, no. I'll be a slave to everybody until I feel like I need something and then I'm going to go take care of me All right, what jesus calls us to do as disciples is not that Okay, this is a part this should be very challenging Okay, because we do we live in a world where i'm not kidding you Every christian blog out there. It seems like the number one article that's get that gets read is how we take care of ourselves And I'm going jesus really doesn't use that terminology He says, I'll take care of you, (laughs) okay? I'll take care of you, okay? But we've bought into this this idea of almost propping up a statue of us in the Christian church Mm -hmm. and going, I can't trust you with my energy. I can't trust you, Father, with uh, with, with with, uh, rejuvenation. I can't trust you with renewal. I can't trust you with that. I've got to go do that. And what ends up happening is we just kind of erect this statue of discipleship that just takes place whenever we want it to take place. Okay. When I look at this, I don't have the answer to this. I look at this and I go, I'm thinking about this every day as I fast because there's stubbornness in me. There's weakness in me, right? There's, there's, there's faithlessness in me when I read this. Okay, there's me going, no, no, God, you don't understand, you don't understand, I'm tired right now, and it's only January, and I'm already tired. No, 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 hold up, dude, <laughs> okay? If I am truly worshiping the king, he knows that. And you know what I've found is, is oftentimes I like to rejuvenate myself spiritually, um, without giving up any of the other things in my life like you know like i'm kind of like no 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 no, Uh, i'm I'm still going to do all these entertaining things but then uh, i don't want to go get with people because i've got to rejuvenate myself i need to go and get some help i need to go and kind of like be quiet and all this kind of stuff and go well couldn't i have done that when my tv show was on couldn't i have done that when i was going and doing what i wanted to do couldn't i've done that when i was going and hanging out down at all couldn't i've done it then like no but i wanted to do those things Right. And now, God, I'm taking over. I'm taking control. So here's the thing is, is what's the stronghold might be our deepest stronghold is us. I I hope we're praying that we're broken. I do. I hope we are. I mean, because, again, I read I read this and I'm going, I read it. I want to live it. I want to know how Paul says things like I struggle with his energy that works so powerfully in me. (laughs) I'm like, I want to know about that. Because I'm fairly certain Paul didn't have, like, a really nice bed to sleep in. I'm fairly certain Paul didn't have, like, climate control like we have. Right? I mean, you ever had that before? Man, I just didn't get a good enough sleep last night, and the air conditioning wasn't working right, or it was too cold, or it was too hot, or something like that. And I'm just having a bad day now. I'm going, this guy might have just curled up in the corner of somebody's house and woke up and it was like, I worship the king. Amen. Right? I make myself a slave to everyone. What do you need as a servant right that's hard this is difficult isn't it now if you if if you're feeling it a little bit that's okay here's what i would say during this 21 day 21 day fast is allow yourself to feel that allow yourself to feel that kind of defensiveness allow yourself to feel that kind of like keith you don't know what you're talking about you don't even know what do you know You've got some kind of easy life. I don't have an easy life. Keep it going. I mean, seriously, it's not not about me. I understand that, okay? But here's the deal we got to fight this fight, all right? And we can either try to do it on our own strength or we can go, I'm just going to get down on my face and I'm going to beg God to break this stronghold. All right? I don't want to think like the world anymore. I don't want to think like, here's what I I want, lost people to be saved, all right? I want people who are saved to mature in Jesus, right. That's I will be so happy with that. I'll be happy in my family. I'll be happy because here's the deal is, is Jesus is going to come back and that's all that's going to matter. I've got to get out of my own way. I've got to get out of sometimes I get in God's way and just mess things up because of this stronghold here. And finally, we're going to finish in John chapter six. You know what this 21 days is going to do is hopefully deepen our hunger hopefully deepen our hunger for God, okay? Again, now, now, here's what I want you to separate. Not a hunger for more Christian entertainment, a hunger for deeper Christian submission, okay? A hunger for a deeper death to Keith, right? A hunger for, God, keep it coming, man. I mean, keep challenging me to die to myself, all right? Hopefully, that is a hunger. I'm going to read you this section again because um, th- this is one of those sections we read. It sounds weird. I don't know why Jesus <laughs> preached it, but he did. I hope we think about this, okay? He says in John chapter 6, verse 35, he says, I am the bread of life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty. That sounds awesome. But what does he mean? See the salt and the light, that's us. He says you're the salt and the light, right? The salt and the light is supposed to be able to go out in the world and say, come here, this is what this is like. This is what this is like to never hungry. Do you mean you're never hungry for food? No, 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 no. Listen, back off of food for a second. I'm telling you a hunger. I don't have a hunger for attention. I don't have a hunger to make something out of me. I don't have a hunger to like please some sexual thing in my life. I don't have a hunger. My hunger isn't about those things. My hunger is just I want God and everything he wants the way he wants it. And I just I'm so hungry and I'm so thirsty for that. Okay. and when you think about it, it's when we're really hungry and we're really thirsty. You want to know what we go and find the need, don't we? I mean, we will figure that out. We're going to figure out where the water is. We're going to figure out where the food is. Okay, we go crazy when we're really hungry. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Don't eat for two days and then go to Publix. Okay? (laughs) Everything looks good. (laughs) You're like, I love that. All the frozen meals look great. All the, everything is, because, man, when you're hungry, there is an energy of, man, I'm going after this because I want to be filled. This This is for me and you right here is, Can we say this to our neighbors? This is what this means. When Jesus said, you won't hunger and you won't thirst anymore because I'm the bread of life, right? That's what we have to be. We've got to know what that looks like. Not know what it looks like from a standpoint of the Greek wording and all that kind of stuff. Know what it it looks like to go, here, I'm fighting this battle out, but here's what I'm learning, okay? We're going to be learning this our whole lives, all right but but let me help you and let you see this is what this looks like in me i'll tell you there's one starting point for that as we go face down and we worship the king we worship the king we praise the king we surrender to the king we bow down to the king okay that's the starting point to this okay so hopefully those two verses haunt you a little bit that's a good thing that they're a little bit haunting to go you mean jesus said this And it wasn't just he left and they weren't to mean anything at any time. That it's supposed to be how we live, what comes out of us. Okay, so as we're doing this 21-day fast, let's really dig into this.